Hello and welcome everybody. Thanks for listening to the Latter Rain Ministry, where our focus is to share Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Please visit our website at www.thelatterrain.org. You can email us through there as well. We love to hear from you all. As an introduction to today's sharing of God's Word, there are people that wonder how they should live their lives and how they should make decisions. How can we live wisely? The Word of God has all of the answers we need and a practical approach to every single situation we might face at any given moment. If we believe in God and we want to make right decisions and choices, we need to look for God's wisdom and we need to learn how to live God's Word in our lives. As we will learn today, God's wisdom can be applied in our daily lives in a very practical manner. We'll talk more about this a little later. But for now, I would like to encourage you to direct your prayers inward, as in towards yourself today. I would encourage you to pray for God to help your faith to grow in such a way that you believe more firmly in His Word and guidance. Because without truly believing that His Word is absolute truth, then you will never feel the urgent need to search for and follow it as closely as possible. That is one of the main issues many people have today, that they are not fully convinced that God represents absolute truth, and that if they truly follow and apply His word to their lives, that great things will happen. As the Apostle Peter confessed at some point, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We always need to ask ourselves this question. Am I convinced that the word of God is absolute truth for me? Because in the end, if we don't believe, if we don't have faith in the Word of God, then God's wisdom will never come to be realized in our lives. Without faith, wisdom will never occur in our lives. So let's pray and we'll get started. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks and I praise you. I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for everything that we have through Him. Lord God, Please forgive me for all my sins and wrongs and please forgive me for the awesome price that was paid for my sins. Heavenly Father, we can never take lightly what you did through him. Help us to always treasure that, to value it, to understand it through and through. That our salvation cost something enormous. Heavenly Father, I, I give you thanks for your love and I give you thanks, O oh Lord, because... You always want to take us closer and closer to you. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you help us, that our faith may continue to grow, to become stronger, that we may become more and more convinced in you, in your truth, in your word, in your wisdom. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to, to just get firmer and stronger in you, Lord. Help us to seek you, to search for you, Lord God, to earnestly and be diligent and in, in going after you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you want to impart your wisdom to us, your understanding, your knowledge, O Lord. I give you thanks, O Lord, for your love. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you help us to understand clearly, Lord God, and together with understanding that great faith 
may continue to grow in each one of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we will continue our series on the book of Proverbs, where we will be reading from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 to 35. Again, we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 3, 21 to 35. And this is what it says. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence, and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause, if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory but shame shall be the legacy of fools. Today we will take more of an expository approach, a line-by-line observation to glean what we can from this passage. So let's start from where we began reading. Verse 21 said, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. What this means is that we need to keep always looking for wisdom and discretion. We need to search for them, to keep them in our sights, if you will. The challenge is that we can never lose sight of God's wisdom. And this is the problem that many people have, that they just don't see or believe fully the value that God's word has, which takes us back to our prayer outlook where we started. If you are not searching for God's wisdom, then you need to ask yourself this question. Am I convinced that God's word is exactly that, God's word? But I guess there may be other questions lurking in the background that need to be made then, such as, what kind of God do I believe in? Everyone has different ideas and concepts of God, but within all of those different ideas, does anyone really believe in the God that the Bible describes? Why do I say this? Well, If everyone believed in the almighty, holy, and eternal God that the Bible talks about, then they would have no issues looking for the Lord, following the Lord, and trying to obey and apply every word out of the book as best as possible. But we know that's not the case. Most people come up with their own religion, let alone their own brand of faith in God. Most people feel that they can adjust and manipulate God to their own liking and opinion. And that is certainly not the God of the Bible. That's another form of God, little g, we'll call him. So we need to be able to answer honestly the question of whether we believe in the God of the Bible without any revisions or changes or reiterations. And when we get that straight, do we look for and follow God's sound wisdom and discretion? Verse 22 says, So they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. 
When we get the importance of God's wisdom, which cannot even begin to occur without fearing or deeply respecting the Lord, then it will start yielding all of its great benefits, such as regenerating the soul, bringing life to it. That is the first and most important aspect that God tries to impart on every human being that seeks Him, to bring about life to our souls. You see, you can never find eternal life and grace without God's Word. That is the main theme throughout the Bible, that God wants to deal with our eternal destination. Because here is God's focus. In the grand scheme of things, what good is having a seemingly full life here on earth when you lose yourself in eternity? Mark chapter 8 verse 36 put it like this, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So God's main focus is dealing with what should be the most important aspect for every human being. Where will I spend eternity? Will a person make a decision to truly believe and follow God's wisdom so they can find life for their soul and grace for their neck? I understand that grace for their neck sounds like an awkward statement, but maybe it just means that you are saving your neck as in saving your life and saving it in an unmerited way because that is what grace is. Receiving something that you don't deserve. But that is a great thing with God's wisdom. God grants you wisdom not by working for it, but by having your heart and soul set on looking and following the Lord. If we continue reading from verse 23, it starts to tell us about the great guarantees we have when we seek after God's wisdom and when we make it integral to our lives. This is what we read. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot shall not stumble. Isn't it great to feel safe no matter where you are and whatever situation you may be in? And that our steps are kept secure without stumbling? And we keep reading. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. This is another great blessing we have through the Lord and through His wisdom that fear will not be a part of our lives. Do you know how many people live with fear? There are people that are afraid of being alone. There are people that are afraid of failure. There are people that are terrified of making decisions. There are people that are afraid of poverty, of getting sick, of relationships, afraid of so many different things. Many people won't confess this, but a great number of people are all afraid of something in their lives. But when we put our lives in the Lord and through His wisdom, fear can be completely dispelled from within our hearts and minds. The Bible teaches us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 also says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. When the Spirit of God inhabits our lives, fear is eliminated as we grow in Him and in His wisdom, by not just learning of His wisdom, but by applying it to every single aspect of our lives. And this is what we need to always keep in mind. If we want for God's blessings to be present in every aspect of our lives, then we need to submit 
and apply his wisdom to every single aspect of our lives without reservations. When God's wisdom permeates our lives, we come to understand through his wisdom that the only thing that makes things work the way they should is when we learn to love the Lord with everything we are. Then that love is what casts out fear and the torment that fear brings with it. Through the Lord, we can completely be fearless. Now we continue reading in verse 27. It says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause, if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Godly wisdom teaches us how to treat our neighbor, everyone that is around us. It teaches us that we need to help those that need help, especially when it's within our reach. If we are indifferent to people when they are experiencing great needs, then quite frankly, God is not working in our lives because God will always take us to follow the steps of Jesus. The Lord always helped people while teaching about His kingdom. He fed the hungry, defended the weak, healed the sick, freed the prisoner, and above it all, died and shed His blood so all of our sins could be forgiven, thereby making eternal life possible for us. God's wisdom teaches us to be fair with people, not to do wrong to anyone, and to stay away from evil. And finally, verse 35 summarizes things like this. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. When we are wise in the Lord, we will inherit glory. That is a guarantee. Eternal glory waits for those that fear the Lord, for those that follow the Lord and do His will by submitting to His wisdom and doing those things that please the Lord. And the opposite is also a guarantee or a consequence that if someone despises God's teachings, they are fools. And the fool will only be guaranteed absolute failure, destruction, and eternal shame. If we truly think about who God is, that He is the Almighty and Eternal God, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one that died and was raised from the dead so that all mankind could have the hope of eternal life if they choose to follow life. Wouldn't it only make sense to follow wholeheartedly what He teaches us to do? Should there be any reservations or conditions before such a being that only wants what is best for us? Does it even make sense to question His teachings? After all, who doesn't want to inherit glory? But this is the problem with most people. Pride is a poor substitute for intelligence and wisdom. Most people think they are smarter than God. And they think that they know best. At least that is what can be observed by the way they live their lives. If God tells you to do something and you do something else, what do you think you're telling God with your actions? 
But if we truly put aside any kind of foolish pride and submit to the greatest being in the universe, to an almighty but also loving Lord, and we apply His wisdom to every aspect of our lives, absolutely everything in our lives will change for the better. God's presence will permeate our very being and cast out any kind of fear and doubt that we could ever have. It is never too late to change and to turn everything around through His Holy Spirit and His wisdom. The Lord is in the business of making all things new in our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, for your grace. Because, Lord, we have not earned salvation. We can never earn it, Lord. It is your wonderful gift to us. But together with that salvation, with that treasure, with that incredible and hard to describe, just wonderful gift that you've given us, Lord. Heavenly Father, you, you also give us the opportunity to grow, to be transformed, to be different. You give us the, the wonderful gift of wisdom, Lord God. That if we look for you and we search for you and we, and we just try to just grab on to you, Lord, that you will give us the wisdom, that wisdom that will change our lives, that will help us to understand why things are and the way things work and the way things should be, Lord God. Because, Lord God, you, through your wisdom, you want us to learn how to restructure our lives and learn the things that we need to learn and apply the things that we need to apply and to do the things that we need to do so that our lives are as best as possible in every kind of aspect possible. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your love because that is true love, Lord God. You love us in any and every kind of way possible and we give you thanks for that, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and for your grace, O oh Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord, to always be able to value you, to understand what you have done for us, and to do it in such a way that we seek you, Lord, that we seek you and we look for you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to be wise, not in our own eyes, but to be wise in you, through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. And as always, please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or you just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.